What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode. Well, this has been a long time. Welcome to a brand new episode of After Hours with Mark DeMeo. Um, I haven't done this show in a while because I've been really busy, but we're going to pick it up again on Thursday nights. Uh, this show is basically an interview show, a long-form interview show, where I get to bring uh, people who have done amazing things in law enforcement and even more amazing things after they retired from law enforcement. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to bring our guest in tonight. Um, he was a, a former New Jersey State Trooper turned actor, and he's doing really well as an actor, and he did a great job as a trooper. Um, what's up, Albert? How you doing, Mark? Thank you for having me. Albert Marks, folks. Thank How you. are you? Thank you. you. Right? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. The other night, I, I, um, I had the honor of uh, being on, I just want to pr uh, promote it a little bit here, Tea Time. Mm. with Teresa Farrell. I know and um, it plays on Saturdays, so it'll be on this Saturday at 11 o'clock if you have uh, Optimum Cable. You could also see it on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twitch, Roku, all these things. Uh, anywhere where you can see a podcast, uh, Tea Time with Teresa Farrell. And we did an hour-length interview, and it was a lot of fun, and she's great. She's also an actress. But she basically uh, she turned me on to you, and uh, we we connected, and uh, I thought you had a fascinating story, so I wanted to have you on, and I'm happy that you can join me tonight. I'm happy to be here, Mark. I am. So um, I usually like to start these shows off, or I used to anyway, but uh, by saying, uh, so where are you from? So uh, North Jersey. We'll say North Jersey, but we did a lot of time in uh, Ormond Beach, Florida when we were kids. Uh -huh. we, we settled up here. We settled up in Jersey, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Jersey guy, yeah. Definitely by far. And um, when you say we, how big of a family did you come from? Oh, you know, not that big. I mean, the cousins. My mom's like off the boat from Italy. So like we have a ton of cousins everywhere. And we don't even know half of them, to be honest with you. Because um, second cousins, third cousins, whatnot. Um, but no, it was me, my sister, my mother, and my father. And that was that was really about it. So um, you said you're half Italian? Yeah, my mom's side, like the good side, you know, uh -huh. uh, Francesca Ticciolini. And the other side is what? Uh, Scottish, I think. English, uh -huh. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a half breed, too. I'm yeah. Dominican, Dominican and Czech. I had yeah. a picture I wanted to post up. Man, I forgot to do that. I should have. Uh, I'll save that for one of these episodes. But um, so you grew up in Jersey, but you said you were also in Florida, right? But I, yeah, a lot of a lot of summers we, we spent down in Florida. My my uh, my grandparents my on my dad's side had a, a hotel down there, so um, right on the beach next to Daytona, Ormond Beach. That's where we were, we were at. And um, yeah, it was it's such a different life down there, man. It's just so beautiful and so everyone's so. It's not like New York and New Jersey, and it's like all the time, you know. Someone haunts you in Florida. They're just like sorry. And then you uh, go up here. What happens? What happens in New York when you you and someone beeps at you, or you beep uh, at them? You know. Uh, so yeah, it could be the end of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you, let me ask you. Uh, I heard that that ring for the second time. Do you have your phone on? Um, I guess people are trying to reach out to you, asking you where to find this thing. Yeah, let me see if I can shut this up here. Can you still hear me? Yeah, of course I can still hear you. I'm I'm happy that I can still hear you. It sucks yeah. when I can't still hear people. <laughs> it might it might still ding. I don't, I'm really Just up. good at this. Yeah, I mean, if you want, oh, are you using the phone or the laptop? No, I'm on the laptop. 
Okay, good. Oh, so it's the laptop that's getting it. All right. So uh, I have people that come in. They sit in on the chat while we're going live, and I just want to give a shout-out to them, and then we'll start on your story. Uh, Little Mermaid, 85 Louisa, uh, she says, Hi, Mark and Albert. And the uh, police off the cuff chat, JoJo, and she says hello to both of us too. Moonlight View, how are you guys? I'm, I hope you guys are doing well. Thomas Jordan, hello, Thomas Jordan. Deborah Barron, Raquel Pranzo, she's always in the house. Just watched that video, and Teresa was great. And of course, so are you. Love your bodybuilding pic. <laughs> yeah, Teresa put a picture of my uh, of me in my bodybuilding days. And uh, Raquel is here. Also, her husband, a retired lieutenant from the NYPD, who has a book called Harlem Raiders. If you haven't picked that up, folks, that's a great read. Peter Pranzo is the author. Like I said, he's a retired NYPD lieutenant, and he has a book called Harlem Raiders. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's definitely worth the read. It's a great, great book. Carol Z is also joining us just right also as well. And Thomas Jordan, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us, and we'll come back to the chat and uh, say hello to the people that come in afterwards. But um, so you were mentioning that uh, when you grew up, you were rich. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> the family yeah. that owns proper, uh, owns a hotel in uh, Owns everything. In Florida. Uh, they, they own Florida. Great. Yeah, they own everything. When yeah. I was a kid, I used to go to Florida with my parents, uh, with my mom and uh, my stepfather and my grandparents, my grandma, my grandpa. And we used to drive down there, and I, I, I'm pretty sure we had a Buick, man. And uh, I used to be in the back seat, in the middle between my mother and my grandmother. Can you imagine that ride? Yeah, all I can't the way imagine. down to Florida, man. Yeah, I can't imagine it because we did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, I've, I've always been once. tall. Oh, you only did it once? Are you kidding me? Oh, I came just... back with more bruises than you can understand. <laughs> I and you know I was always tall for my age, and even though I was a little kid, I, I was way too big, and I was moving around way too much back there. I don't even know how we did it. I don't even think we put the AC on. We didn't have to. Oh, man. they wanted us safe. Oh, what <laughs> kind of trip? What the hell were we thinking, man? I would oh, never ever do that trip right now. Driving <laughs> five people, unless it was five people, and I'm a teenager, and it's five of my boys driving down. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I'm not doing that with my family. I did drive down once, but it was in a minivan, not cool. in a freaking uh, a regular sedan. Five people back there. Oh, what a crazy trip we did! Um, but so, when you were you you grew up in Jersey, and um, you eventually uh, you became a state trooper. Eventually, a yeah. New a New Jersey state trooper. Is that something you always wanted to do? Was that a calling? It was, uh, yeah, I, ever since I was a little kid, I was always fascinated by, like, the cops and the robbers type thing, like, going after the bad guy and things like that. But my father had different plans for me. My father had totally different plans for me. So when I was eight years old, my father owned mobile gas stations, right? And so during the summer, <laughs> when we were, like, in second grade. See, I was right when I said I was just joking about being rich. But, yeah, go, go ahead. Far I'm from talking. it. They're rich at heart. They're rich at heart, believe me. Uh, go ahead. Um, but, you know, my dad owned my dad owned gas stations. And, and, and when you're eight, you want to go to summer camp. You know, you want to you didn't want to play with your friends and you want to do these things. And he's like, no, coming to work. And I said, what the hell is going on? Right. So he would ship me down um, and I would get out of the, his pickup truck and he would say, go pump the gas. You know, I didn't know how to pump gas, but he put that that rag in your pocket. You know, like you see like in the greasers and like grease and stuff like that, you know, like slipped hair and stuff. 
and I'm going to go out and pump gas all day. And my treat, my treat was when we drove home, we lived on a dead end street up in uh, Jefferson Township, Oak Ridge, New Jersey. And uh, my dad would put me on his lap and he would let me steer to go into the driveway. Uh-huh. That's all the pay I got, you know, uh-huh. until finally I was at the gas station one, one, one summer morning. Right. And I, I noticed the, the, the town I'm from, the, the cops used to go in and, and, you know, bring my dad coffee and they would sit. My dad really wouldn't work too much, you know. Maybe he did. I never saw it. I was doing all the pumping, you know. He made his money. <laughs> he was doing all the, uh-huh. you know, mechanic stuff. But um, the, the, the craziest thing is th- th- there was a cop that it was a, he was a really good friend of my father's. And, you know, I would hear the radio go off and I would be like, aren't you going to go to that? Like, don't you, don't you have to go respond? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I go, this seems like the best job in the world. I'm like, uh-huh. he's got a cool car. He could drive as fast as he wants. He has a gun. He's wearing a uniform. And he's just hanging out, not even going on calls. I'm like, eh. I'm like, I think I want to do that. And I'm, I'm sure whoever's listening, they'll be like, yeah, he never went on calls. I'm sure, I'm sure people are saying uh-huh. that. Right uh-huh. But um, yeah, I, I went on a few calls in my life. But um, and then, you know, I eventually, you know, I, I studied it in um, I studied it in, in college. And um, and then I went to my first academy, which was Morris County Police Academy in Jersey. I went alternate route. So you is- started out as a regular. Uh, yeah. You, you started out in a municipality. Let's let me explain to my audience who sure. aren't law enforcement, um, who always wondered, because it, even in New York, like we used to see state troopers upstate here in New York. And then. I don't know what happened. Well, what ha- I know what happens is, you know, we cry poverty here in the city and uh, to the federal government that we need more cops. And what happens is they wind up giving us the troopers and the troopers. Now, you could see the New York State troopers. You could see them on the highway over here. But uh, troopers, they have a different job, basically. Uh, but you you didn't start off as a trooper. You started off in a municipality. Which which one was that? That was uh that was Cedar Grove Township, Essex County, up in North uh, Jersey. Yeah, I was there mm-hmm. for four years. Yeah, until okay. I got got accepted to the New Jersey State Police Academy, and I left in two thousand um, four. I did four years, and um, yeah, took you know took the test. Had to go back to now the State Police Academy is a totally different entity from. I mean, it's, why did you do it? Did you do it because it was more money? Why did you leave? No, it wasn't. It actually wasn't more money. Um, the thing was, you know, during this time where my father put me into hard labor, he would treat us once in a while to go down to seaside and go down to shore and throw everyone in the car and we would go down. And I'm tired from the week I had because I'm eight, you know, and I'm putting in 70 hours, you know, <laughs> not getting any money. Um, yeah. But the thing is, as we would be on the parkway and we would see these guys and you would see these guys in this these long sleeve shirts in the summertime. And these hats on. And I'm going, man, that looks cool. You know, that looks like a cool job, you know. And Uh ever since then, when I was eight or nine, that's that's when I knew I wanted to be a trooper. But at the time, uh, when I became a cop in in Cedar Grove, um, the the state police weren't hiring. So I did the next best thing. I just graduated college. I got two degrees. And and then I'm like, you know, I could do really anything I want. What did you get the degrees in? Um, I did, um, I got a bachelor's in social science with a concentration in criminology. Um, so that's basically one lump sum of the whole four years I did. I went to a pretty decent school, you know, and, um, but then it was my calling, you know, it was my calling. It was the time. And, um, I flipped over and went 26 weeks to the New Jersey State Police Academy, which you, which you stay. It's, it's a really nice. Yeah. They have barracks. Yeah. It's like a resort. 
it's a resort. They're very kind. You know, you can really? eat as much as you want. Yeah, you can sleep as much as you want. Yeah, it's very, very easy to do. Very That's easy. interesting because we had the complete opposite. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, what was it? All right. Oh, all right. I, I took it. I no. took it for granted. I was like, I don't think New York is like that. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. So, so let's go back to the joke. So you you mentioned that you could eat whatever you want. You could sleep with. When you said you could sleep whenever you want, that's when you kind of sort of got me. I'm like, really? No. No. We didn't. I don't. Like, 26 weeks. I didn't sleep. Wow. That's okay. So um, you see, the thing about the troopers is um. They just seem more squared away than the local local municipalities. I want to show you the uniform that the New York State Troopers wear. No, the New Jersey State Troopers wear. We're talking about New Jersey State Troopers. This look at this uniform. Wow. I mean, is that intimidating or what? It's intimidating to me. I don't, I don't even know where you got this picture. That's it, though, right? That's one of them. Yeah, that's the winter. No, I'm just saying that's the that's the okay. So that's the winter uniform, right? Yeah. The boots, um, the, that thing that goes across your chest like that. It, it looks. Yeah. It looks. It, listen, it looks amazing. I mean, I'm I'm scared looking at them. And yeah. now you take this uniform, right? And right. then you add these sunglasses on it. Yes. Wow. Right. Yes. <laughs> what the hey? <laughs> All of a sudden, like this guy. These guys are intimidating looking. And uh, it looks like Hugo Boss designed these uniforms, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> because they look, you look like stormtroopers, really. Um, and it's 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 a very, very impressive uniform. And it's very scary. Now, in order to describe, I'm not 100% sure how is it, it, it is in New Jersey. But in New York State, the state troopers usually... Um, at least in New York City, are on the highway. And they're not answering radio runs, 911 calls in New York City. Uh, you'd have to be, the backlog you'd have to be in <laughs> to get a state trooper to respond. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> in backlog. Uh, backlog is something like when it's in New York City, when it, you know it's very busy in some of these uh, commands. You'll go into backlog. That's when cases are, I mean, not cases, but 911 calls are like really, really backed up. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And you're in backlog right now. Mm -hmm. So um, you're not you're not handling those. You're basically on the highway. Is that the same thing in New Jersey that you're, you're covering the whole state? Basically, you're not answering 911 calls, right? No, that's that's um, no. Um, everyone thinks, hey, state police, you know, the highway, parkway, turnpike. Route 80, like the big, you know, thoroughfares and things like that. But that's that's totally not true. Um, we have a ton of troopers that cover strictly general policing and go oh, wow. on calls, and they don't have any interstate or any highway, and that's because there's no municipality wow. to cover that area. So you have you could have a trooper, you could have two troopers out there covering 300 square miles and just wow. taking calls, you know. And um, so yeah, so it's it yeah, things have changed, you know, things have totally changed. So yeah, um, a lot of nine one one calls. Yeah, I would say most most troopers have been on at least one. You know, but uh, it's not all okay. up and down the highway. Yeah, you know what? Now that you mention it, because uh, what do I know? I'm from New York. All everything I know is from New York. Well, you're but a I would imagine, you know stuff. Yeah. But but um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I would imagine upstate where they don't really have the resources, they might not have their own municipalities. They might rely on 
the next town over is police. And if they get, like I mentioned, into backlog, whatever, you may have, yeah, you're right. You may have a trooper show up. Yeah. Um, the New York State troopers uniform is 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 uh is pretty cool. It's gray and there's some purple in it, but this yeah. this jacket looks like it's kind of sort of like light blue. And just yeah. so we could see how you look in it, right. look at that handsome figure. Right. Holy cow! Wow, look at you. Look at you. Squared away. That's what they call it. Squared away. Like I, I like I knew you were gonna put this up. This is crazy. You know it's funny too. It's like you're almost like too good looking to uh, <laughs> to actually be a trooper. You look like an actor playing a trooper. Like you'd be like, "There's no troopers that really look like that." That's an actor. They, I didn't even buy you know, this guy. You know, listen. There, there's whoever's listening. I'm sure there's plenty, and they're probably just like laughing their their asses off right now. Probably like, yeah, no, that's kind of correct. Yeah, he just acted like a trooper. You know, he just wanted to be an uh, actor. But um, uh, no, but that 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 uniform is is pretty intimidating. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you, you pull someone over to like, oh my god, you know. Um, but you know, I, I would say the guys were great. The outfit was good. We called the outfit. Uh, the outfit was great, and being a trooper was probably the best thing I've ever. When you done say the outfit, you're talking about the uniform. Talking about the state police. Okay, the outfit. Okay, all right, that's interesting. Well, the outfit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With a, you know, you know what's in, funny? You know what's in funny? New York, with a job, you're on the job. When you're something crazy, Mark. I think we might be the only agency in the country um, that wears long sleeves all year round. Number one. You know what? I was going to look up your summer uniform because I was curious. Because once again, we go back to the uniform. If you see what these guys are wearing, crazy. it's you know that's not bad in the, in the winter. That's not bad, but in the summer, man, you guys just go down to long sleeve shirts, huh? That's the yeah, best we, you can do. yeah, we have we have that uniform. There's actually another 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 uh, derivative of that uniform. That's the the, the is called the Class A winter blouse. Um, mm. And then we have a cruiser coat, which is longer, and then we wear a darker shirt underneath, not the French blue. Mm. Um, and then in the summer, we wear the long sleeve shirt, same type of get up and everything like that, Sam Brown and things like that. But um, the the, the funny thing, well, not the funny thing, but like the crazy thing about it is like. We don't wear a badge. We we don't we don't have yeah, a badge. That that's why you'll always see where's the yeah, badge? Yeah. It's on the hat. It's on oh, the yeah, hat. Let's go. Let's go back again. Yeah. Is that it? Is that your shield number up there? That's not me. <laughs> I'm no, not I'm just me. saying is a shield. Yes, so yes. you're yes. saying your that's shield right. is on your hat. Correct. So every that's night cool. you'll never <laughs> see a trooper like on the side of the road, like without their hat on. But once in a while you will. But like the hat is the badge, and it's part of the whole entire uniform. Mm. It really is truly an honor to to put that on and know it's on your head. You know, um, it's got to be a special feeling to to. I mean, when when I look at you taking this picture right here, it's a it's it's a classic photo because you know you have the you have the straight face on, and uh, it, it fits like a glove. The uniform, you look like uh, you're ready for business there. Um, but the shield, do you, wh wh do you have a shield? Do they carry a shield? That's not, I mean, you're not going to take the one off your hat, your hat every day, right? No, we have, we, have, we have an ID. Oh, you have an ID. So you don't have a little triangle that you keep in your wallet. No, no. So I mean, some, have... some do, some do. Yes. But our main, you know, when we're on, we're on the road and we're on patrol and we're working mm -hmm. and we're going on calls and stuff like that. The hat goes on to signify, you know, to have that badge there. So you pull over um, a Jersey, a Newark City cop, a Jersey, New York City cop. He's, uh, for some reason, he's 
driving around New Jersey somewhere far away from me lives, maybe on a vacation, <laughs> you know, and uh, is there is there a courtesy that goes along with it or are you guys disconnected? What what goes on with that? I think, you know, with any profession, I'm talking know, about back when you were working, not now. Now it's a different sure. animal. Sure. I mean, you know what? Here is here my thing. Um, I was always big in giving professional courtesy to anyone that was professional, you know, professional on the side of the road. So whether you're a cop or not, you would, and a lot of troopers would attest to this, that, that you would give someone a break or you would mm -hmm. give someone a warning. The person that's in the car kind of sets the tone, you know, where do you want yeah. this to go, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, like there's, there's no harm in saying there was always, there was courtesy to give to another law enforcement officer or, or to a nurse or to a doctor or, or to the regular Joe, that's the plumber having a bad day. It, it's it's all it's all about the the situation you know it's not one thing all the time no that's good to know um i got well, pulled over coming back from jersey a gig now. what what speeding through jersey see if we give you a break no i listen uh, i've so far i've been lucky but i remember one night after a comedy gig feeling my oats i got pulled over in connecticut Ooh, and wow. i was still in this comedy mode and it was a female trooper that pulled me over and she was squared away. They have a, uh, not not as nice as your uniform, but she had actually the hat was that one of those round freaking things. So awesome. And she goes, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, ah, well, it could be the speeding or the drinking or that I'm on my phone. I don't know which one. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. And I gave her my ID card. And she goes, what is this? And I said, oh, I'm on the job. I work in New York City. And she put it on the top. Of the car she laid right. it on the top of, i could hear it i could hear the card going uh, and then i know oh man i'm in trouble here so she goes uh let me see your driver's license so i was like oh man she didn't get the joke at all so i gave her my driver's license and she wound up letting me go but i realized uh real quick that um you know not everybody's coming from a comedy show <laughs> you know what i'm saying so uh respect respect uh everybody who's working and you know she, she was kind enough to let me go but that was a scary moment there. Sure. And um, so back to the state trooper business. Now, you're working as a state trooper. Uh, we talked about this on the phone. You you did a lot of high-speed chases, right? Like you were on the highway a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, my last station where I was stationed, um, there was there was a lot. There was a lot of chases. You know, mm -hmm. we chased a lot of bad guys. We really did. I mean, we did it for the right reasons. You know, these people were bad people and then what, what do you have if you don't have a good law enforcement agency to go get these people then you have nothing you know not like today like it, it just seems like today that that you don't have to stop or you don't have to respect oh, every everybody every there's nobody that's pulling over and even if they do pull over they always have an attitude which always tr was troubling to me it was like if you're not going to roll down the window or show me a driver's license why did you even bother pulling over so I say it I, I don't get it at all. Like it, it's um, it, it's it's mind boggling to me. You know what? Hold on one second. I want to remember this thought. We'll go back to the chases. We'll start with the chases because uh, this is going to be an. Uh, I got a lot of question about chases, but I just want to go into the um to the chat for a little bit and catch up with them. So let me just go back a little bit here. Um, say hi to some people that maybe I didn't see before. Phil Leo's in the house. Rake of the Hat Channels. Badass Marine D.I. Uh, K.H. Walker. Uh, to avoid Roy, Ra Roy Rash? 
Road Road Rash. Road Road Rage? No, Road Rash. I guess the uniform. Well, oh. you you were in a car, right? You weren't on on a motorcycle, were you? Yeah, no, no. I'm scared of motorcycles. I was in a car. What kind of like what kind of car was your choice? Like, um, since you're gonna get this is what I'm envisioning, and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, you're you're on the highway, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of interstate drug trafficking. So you have to be wary of that and pay attention to that, right? Um, and you're in your car now. When you go, when you start your tour, like first of all, how, what are the what are the tours? Are they twelve hour tours? Are they regular eight hour tours? They're twelves. Okay, so you're doing a twelve hour tour. Now, how much of that time is actually spent in the car? Like um, you know, more park figure. Like don't. I don't right. want you to blow up the spot to every, you know, just give me, you could say 11 of them and I'll take it, but I'm not trying to blow up the spot for the state troopers. But, um, I mean, there's a significant hour uh, and you work by yourself, by the way, right? You don't have a partner. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, we do. We, oh, we you do. do have a partner. You do at night. You, you would have a partner. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Um, it, it just depends on, uh, the, the manpower or the woman power. I want to be politically correct here. Um, the person power or whatever. So how, um, how do two how how do two of you fit in the front seat with these uniforms on? <laughs> I mean, it seems like there's just a lot. There's a lot of uniform. There's a lot lot going on there, right? <laughs> and like, how do you get out of the car? It's just it's it's a whole thing to me. So I I, I just envisioned you guys working by yourself for some reason. I guess that's because the the troopers over here in New York work by themselves. But you're saying sometimes, well, I would imagine sometimes if you were covering a township, you might have a partner, right? But if you're on the highway, just doing a highway, are you by yourself or you still have a partner on the highway? It it depends on the logistics of the evening. You know, um, I said that you said there were seventeen hundred. Uh, state troopers at any given time it's probably a ballpark figure right yeah you know i I, when we were talking earlier or the other day um just like ballpark like you know division state police is is it's not as big as people think you know um there's probably i think maybe 23 2400 i could be totally wrong this is what i remember and there's only like 1300 on the road but the other, you know, everybody else has another job, you know, whether you're flying a helicopter, whether you're on the SWAT team, whether you're uh, at division headquarters, you know, maybe you're doing an administrative, whatever, or there's mm-hmm. troopers that are assigned to the academy. They're not always on yeah, the Yeah, I get it, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it really, it fluctuates. It and fluctuates. In, in New York, New Jersey's a really, really big state. It's, I, I don't know, geographic. I don't know anything about geographics. It's the uh, highest but- in taxes, I, I can tell you that. Yeah, it is. Well, we have a bit. We have Long Island over here that's that takes care of most of our taxes. Um, but uh, as far as New York goes, if you're a state trooper, like okay, I, I told you we went backwards. You were on a municipality, a local municipality, and then chose. Uh, you took you took the test to become a trooper. I actually took my trooper test first, New York State Trooper. And then I took the NYPD test and then I got called by NYPD first. So I'm in the academy and I get notified that um, I could go into I could become a state trooper. But I passed. I passed because I was a newlywed and I didn't want to go live in a barracks. But then you started telling me about how you could eat whenever you want and sleep whenever you want. So I was like, oh, maybe I should have went to the barracks. But you said that was a lie. I totally, this is totally opposite of everything that really happened. You know, we don't, uh, go, yeah, yeah. we don't go into what really happened 
how we were trained, but it was, it, it, I'll tell you what, it was good training. It was good six training. Six months? Uh, 26 weeks. Yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. Was what long. was the run? How, 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 how long was your run? The, we, we would start with five miles. Wow. We would start, no, no, we start with five miles, right? Uh -huh. um, you know, and, and, and the State Police Academy is located in Seagirt, New Jersey, right on the beach, right? Uh -huh. So it's like you could see the water and you're like, man, it looks so beautiful. But then uh -huh. you know you're, you're confined there for the next 26 weeks. So you would do a five-mile run through the sand, through the grass, through the, the, the gravel, whatnot. We start like that at eight minutes a mile. Uh -huh. And then do a half hour, uh, uh, another hour and a half of uh, PT, which is physical training. You know, so you so can do jumping jacks and up to an hour long, and, and you're like, oh my god, this is. Incredible. So, so you you trying to tell me you didn't have any run dropouts? What? Yeah, all the time, all the in time. The, in the NYPD, we used to do 26 laps in the old police academy, and. Uh, uh, and people used to drop out after like the second lap. Like yeah, just you, if you were going to drop out, why not just drop out from the beginning? You, you, you know, they you, were hung you over or you didn't want to be that no, guy. I know. I didn't want to be that done. in the NYPD either, but they still did it. And you know what happened? No ramifications at all. The same person was next to me during graduation. Uh, and they kept telling him, you're not going to graduate because you didn't finish the run. And guess what? They finished the run. Yeah. Turns out they, they invested too much money in them. So they couldn't. Um, they couldn't just dismiss him afterwards, but yeah, a little different, a little different. Yeah, oh yeah. Just slightly different. Yeah. You weren't in the military at all though. Right. I would imagine oh, a lot of troopers were in the military. We, we, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, Jersey troopers were former NFL uh, players. Really? We had one yeah. guy in the Academy. My, he was on the Dallas Cowboys. See, see that. And that, yeah. those, those guys are just like legendary, you know, so we, a lot, we have a lot of military, a mm -hmm. lot. These guys are like, God bless their souls. They're like, they're so squared away, you know, it's like you want that guy to come with you in a bar fight, you know, because they know they're military, mm. you know, and um, man, my hat's off to them. Really. It's amazing. Yeah. That Dallas Cowboy guy, I dunked on him in a basketball game. And uh, after I dunked on him, I went like, wow, Dallas Cowboys. No, that didn't happen at all. What yeah, happened was he dunked on me and <laughs> And then he goes, ah, Dallas Cowboys. Because <laughs> uh, I hated the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> you still hate the Dallas? Who, who's your team, Mark? The Jets. Um, it's not that I don't like. It's, I don't mind uh, the Dallas Cowboys so much. It's the fans that annoy. They're annoying. Yeah. All right. Let's just dip into the chat over here. One more second. Now, Pub, I'm calling the police on Dawn BRB. I don't know. I see what happens when I lose track of the chat. No I don't know what's going on there. There's a whole world going on in there. Uh, Joe DeBarry. Yes. Yo, what up? Great guest, my brother Albert. You know who that is, right? That's who. That's gonna. That's Whitey Bulger. Oh, really? In the movie, he's playing Whitey Bulger, and I play his brother. Oh well, I was gonna. I was gonna wait to get into the acting, but we'll just. Uh, we'll take a dip into it. So, you do your whole career as a New York, New Jersey State Trooper. And, um, you know, what? let's go back to Joe Barry. I don't want to because yeah. then it gets too confusing. Yeah. I, but, I got the part because of Joe. So that's all right. We'll, 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 we'll revisit Joe. But I want to I want to do this thing with the um, with the high speed chases. So what was your favorite? Like you're in a car, you're by yourself, you're a state trooper, you're wearing that crazy uniform. And how like how many how many times a day in a 12 hour shift are you pulling people over? 
I mean, it just depends on your activity. I mean, you could just go out there and. Is it five? You know, is it ten? Could be five. Could be ten. It depends on the day, and it depends on the activity. Because also, you know, you're you're covering the interstate, and you're also um, going on accident, taking accident mm -hmm. reports, and that that takes time, and it depends on the severity of the accident. If it's more mm -hmm. severe, it's more time, right? It's very simple. Um, but if you wanted to be very active and there was nothing else going on, you could stop 15, 20 cars, mm -hmm. write 15, 20 tickets or 15, 20 warnings, whatever you wanted to do, you know? The, so reason, I, I, the, reason, sure. the reason why I bring it up is because it's very, very, very dangerous. You're, you're sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in a stopped position and somebody blows by you uh, in a violation, either it's speed or you can tell really quick that that car doesn't even have a license plate on the back, whatever it brought your attention to this particular vehicle. And then you have to start off from zero speed and you have to match. You got to drive way, way faster than they're driving just to catch up to them and match their speed. Am I saying this right? I mean, yeah. like it's dangerous work. <clears throat> and if you do this over and over again, um, I can't imagine it's very good for your body as far as your adrenaline because every single time that you go from a zero to you don't know what's in that car that you're going to pull over. And obviously, you're a cop for a minute now, so you're not thinking the worst every single time. But at the same time, in the back of your head, you don't know why what's going on in this car and why they just blew past you going 120 miles an hour. So can you take us a little bit through that, the mentality of, of these high-speed chases? Like, how much of it, is, is it affecting you, like, at the end of the day? Are you worn out? Are you tired? You, you know, you, you, you hit on something very important. Like, you, you don't know what, what's ahead. But, and you don't know who you're stopping and things like that. And, and the guys that I was, um, I was fortunate enough to uh, coach them and train them or whatnot, um, I always told them to a um, couple things, two things. Um, treat everyone like they're green so you don't have a race problem. Mm -hmm. You know, if everyone's the same color, it doesn't matter. So everyone's green. So mm -hmm. you treat this guy or this girl or whatever the same. And I also, I also taught the guys, which I, I always thought was very important. When you stop that car, right? You, pull that car over on the interstate or whatever. You have no idea. It's a lot of transients. You're talking about big interstates and stuff like that. You know, my big thing was watch them watch you. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, they're going to tell you a huge story without even opening up their book, you know, because just the way people look at you and you, that, that sixth sense you get or whatever can kind of tell you a little bit. Maybe you got to be a little more tactical. Maybe you have to approach it this way. Maybe you have to do that. And then you have the people that take off. Does it affect you? You know, what? once you get into your first high-speed pursuit, I guarantee when you're done with it, you're shaking like this. You're going, oh, my God, what just happened? You know, once you get more experience and you know everything comes from experience, you know, th this comes from experience. Everything you're doing comes from experience. And you get a little more comfortable with yourself because you know the job a little bit better. You know the roads a little bit better. You know how to drive a little bit better better um but um yeah does it take an effect on you yeah i mean it's like you know after you're done doing you know you're chasing someone at 130 miles an hour and uh, all of a sudden you know that all of a sudden they stop or they crash or whatever it is and they start running it's like man that's a whole other thing now you know 
and a lot of troopers would, would, and I'm sure a lot of troopers are watching this right now. Um, I think that a lot of times you get that tunnel vision, you know, and you kind of like block out everything's going. It's like, that's like, I'm the predator. You're the prey. I'm going to come get you. I don't care what's in front of me. Unfortunately, you can't be like that. See, the guy that you're chasing doesn't have any rules. You know, he's allowed to blow through the stop signs and the red lights. And it doesn't matter for him, right? He has nothing to lose. You have everything to lose, you know? Um, so the adrenaline the adrenaline is, uh, wow. And I, I've had a few chases in my time. And um, the adrenaline does, uh, it doesn't even wear off when you're done. You know, it kind of like it goes into like the next day. You're just hoping you have off the next day. You're like, oh, my God, what the heck happened last night? You know? So, yeah, it, it was um, it was an interesting. Uh, How good of a driver are you? Oh, like uh, like on a scale of what? I'm just saying, I mean, when you do these high speed chases, starting off from zero to like over 100, you got to be a good driver. Now, I would imagine that everybody. There's a special training that's also involved with doing high-speed chases that you probably go through, right, as a trooper. Sure. Like, for example, in the NYPD, we got to go through an EVOC course, emergency yeah, vehicle, uh, whatever the hell it is. But a lot of these people, they, you know, these uh, recruits, they're getting their license right before they go into the academy because they never had to drive. They lived in yeah. the city. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you're seeing a lot of horrible drivers. And that's one level. But I would imagine when you're going into highway, with the NYPD, then you're going to get a second level of driving skills. Yeah. Uh, that means you're going to be a far better driver than you used to be. Now, are you still a good driver? Uh, were you a really, really like, how did you compare? Like, who is the best? Like you guys know all of, all of each other, all of each other. Like you probably don't go on pursuits together, <laughs> but was there anybody that was known as the best driver? So, you know, I, I really hope, you're looking at who's like uh, signing on right now because I just talked to one of my closest friends. Okay. My, my closest, who was my midnight partner. We, we used to ride together and I would drive. And um, yeah, we chased a lot of cars, man. We really did. We had, we had a blast and we, we did follow the rules. We did, we did the right thing. Um, so you could maybe ask if Jeff is signing in and he's probably listening right now. He's probably laughing so hard right now, but um, you can ask Jeff if I'm a good driver. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't hit anything. I mean, I think that's good. Right. Well, more than that, how good of a passenger are you? Because if you're in the car with your Horrible. wife or, or with your child that's learning how to drive, and you're like, oh, what are you doing? That's why I can't fly. I can't fly on the airlines. I'm, and I'm flying out next week to Chicago. And um, like, I, like if, if you're not like, see, troopers are alpha males, you know, and just like cops. Oh, are alpha the, males. the most, most. Yeah. The, if you listen. We'll go back to that freaking uniform one more time. When you throw this thing on, that's solid man right there. That's a man. That's a man's man. The girly mans don't put that uniform on. You love that thing, huh? <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. It's it's very intimidating, and um, and and it should be. So, uh, you know what? I have a video here. I want to let's let's do some Monday morning quarterbacking. Right. Okay, let's do it. Um. I want to show you some high-speed chases. I got this off of uh, YouTube, so who knows how good this tape is. But let's do. Uh, let's check this out. Police chases, and uh, you tell me what you think here. And uh, oh wait, well, uh, I gotta go back. Damn it, that wasn't it. Okay, here we go. Can you see this? I can see what's up right now. I don't see the chase going. Can you see it now? The like the actual chase. 
Hold on one second. Let me let me. I gotta I fix it. Just... I, I messed it. I messed this up. Let me go back to the beginning over here. Uh, I'll fix it. Just uh, remove this thing. Okay, watch. I'm gonna fix it. You ready? Because I messed this up. Where, where are we? Present. Share screen. All right, we're gonna go to police chases right now, and everything's gonna be okay. We're cops. We can figure it out, man. Right? Okay, here we go. All right, let's Okay, much. In the middle of the wall. 217 over 6 is lit up. He's taking off. Uh, there you go, five. man. Go We're cooking. So wait, so wait, Mark. He, he's Now, this guy he's chasing, he's a suspect in a murder of a police officer, right? Okay, yeah, this is a special case. Yeah, we're yeah, going to go. Yeah, all bets are off here. All right. Yeah, we're already updating. This guy scared it out, man. Yeah. What's going on here? There's a what lot happened? going on here, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Talk to me. We'll, we'll um, just minimize just because I, I think it's like um. If you just try to pull over a car and they take off on you and you know who the, the owner of the car is, it's a different dynamic where you're actually, wow, you see a suspect vehicle that's involved in a homicide. Mm -hmm. It's a different tunnel of vision that you have. It, it is. I mean, it's all relative. It really is. I can't really say all chases are dangerous and things like that. But this kind of brings it up a little bit. You know, it's not like the guy that has the traffic warrant. When, when, it, it, let me go back. You can't take advantage of that either because everyone could be dangerous. What I'm saying is if this is a known felon, someone that killed a cop, well, guess what? If you're behind him, what else does he have to lose? What does he have to lose? He killed one. Why can't he kill another one, right? And that's a crazy chase, actually. That's Ohio, I'm thinking. Uh, let's go back to it again. I didn't even read the thing. But it looked like, looked it's like hard for me to navigate this thing because uh, right. it's, it's not – they don't make it that easy. Uh, where are we? Right? Police chases. All right, we'll go back. Right, we're going back. radio. <laughs> Right firm, right firm, push the turf line, right firm. Coming back over now. Left hand lane, left hand lane, left hand lane, right here, right in front of me. Take him out. Wow, this is crazy, man. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look out, it's look out, you know. Damn it, you got Fuck, he's getting out. That's not good when they get off the highway, right? Yeah, it could get a little hairy. Yeah, now he's going in, into a town. 82, 
on 82? What's on 82? The 47 years down to 82. Okay. On 82, permission to continue pursuit. Heavy traffic on 82. Go ahead with it. You need to continue to pursue until aviation gets there. All right, listen, this thing could go on forever. If you ever watched um, the OJ, uh, well, not uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Rodney King Chase. Remember how long that lasted? <laughs> you know, it's, well, speaking of Rodney King, like after a chase like that, though, it's got, you got to be freaking pissed off to all hell that this person uh, not only put your life on the line, all the people that you work with, but every single car that you're passing there right now, a mom with her kids in the car that's not really paying attention too much because the kids are screaming in the back. She's just going to go over to this lane. Who knows that there's a car coming uh, 100 miles an hour using that lane? You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of I – mean, got to be angry, man. By the time you pull this person over, you got to be freaking angry. It takes yeah. so much control and self this self-discipline to not want to freaking Rodney King his ass. That, that – um. In that, and that, and and you hit on such an important part. Like you're a professional, you're a trooper, all right. You're expected to act in a certain way, and even though you know this guy is doing whatever he's doing, listen, you signed up for that. You can't let your emotions take control of yourself. And I was, I, I think, uh, for the most part, um, I, I, I wanted that. You know, if I have you in custody, I have you in custody. Okay, there's no need to, for any excess or anything like that. I didn't like that. I never did like that. You know, if I can verbal judo you for you to get out of the car, I'd rather do that than smash your windshield. You know, I, I just, I, I didn't do it. That's why, you know, I went, you know, 20 something years and, and like I never sprayed anybody in the face with the spray. Like I never sprayed anybody. I went, that long oh uh, you don't know what you're missing that was fun no i know i'm uh, believe me i know exactly what i mean i've been sprayed in the face on, on, on i, I on sprayed my partner right in the face yeah well it's not fun you know? <laughs> it's heather whatever she's very funny she says we have slow speed chases in california because <laughs> the traffic is so slow in california <laughs> yeah 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 rodney king was a, that was a different time he he was he was on the road at uh at an off hour obviously because he, yeah. he managed to cover a lot of ground but that was the first high-speed chase that i remember being on video uh and it lasted forever um i just want to see if i if, if i exhausted this um do you feel like that that it affects your health in any way? The high speed chases, like just to going from the adrenaline and then um, like not having that anymore. No, when you no, it, it does affect your health. You know how? Because when you're chasing a car like that and it's a long chase and it's crazy, you, you're losing weight. You're losing weight. The calories are coming off because you're going so fast and you're puckered up. And you're sweating like crazy because there's a lot going. Your hands are slippery, you know. And um, so, yeah, no, it does affect your health. It's actually um, almost healthy for you to lose that weight just driving around. All right, I'm just. Uh, how come there's no retired state trooper professional racer like on <laughs> on on the uh, on the circuit? You know what I'm saying? Like, because you guys, I'm surprised that, like, you know, you went into acting. 
and we're going to cover your acting. We all, we're run. I can't believe how quick this went, but yeah, went you fast. figured that would be something that um that would be kind of like you know, there's got to be one guy that retired that was such a great driver that he he went into professional driving. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't have a, our own circuit after you retire. <laughs> I want to cover the acting, so I got to leave this behind. Uh, let's, let's just go into the acting. So I showed this picture earlier. Did I? I, I forget. It. Maybe I just showed it to you. But you're playing Whitey Bulger's brother in a movie. What's the name of this thing? It's called uh, From the Grave, uh, the Whitey Bulger story. Okay. And this is a this is a, a film? Or is this... Um, it's a, a docu-series by Loomis Productions uh, for Amazon Prime. All right, so for those of you who don't know, Whitey Bulger is on the left here, on my left anyway, and he's the bald guy. He was the biggest crime boss in Boston for a long, long time. His brother just happened to be, he was the, he, wasn't he the district attorney of, of Boston as well? He was the, um, he was the, um, the house senator. For Massachusetts. He was a senator. Oh, I thought he was a prosecutor. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he couldn't have been a prosecutor. Yeah, okay, so he was a senator, and they were brothers, and one was supposedly straight legit, and the other one was the biggest criminal in Boston. Yeah. And 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 uh so you're playing the guy on my right, uh, with the hair, actually. He's on my right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine you're gonna have to get a haircut for that, huh? Dude, that I already talked to the uh, executive producer, and I hope Loomis is watching because I said I don't know if I'm going to need this hair for uh, a next role that I potentially have. Um, and things take time, you know. Things, you know, I've been doing, I've been working on things for years, and they're still not out yet. I mean, it's it's frustrating at some point, but the COVID thing really killed everything. And I, I said we might have to work on a wig. Uh, we might have to. I don't know. It depends on what I have going on. You know, right now, I got to keep this. You know. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, you're working in in, in uh, the entertainment business that has the best people in hair and makeup in the world. Oh, so yeah. I'm sure they'd be able to just take that that hair that you have and, and put it in a bun and tuck it under a wig or vice yeah. versa. I hope so. They'll fi they'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? It's nice growing your hair out after retirement, too. Like you could just, you know, you know, kind of. Just yeah, yeah. I've, I've been hair. actually my, mine's not as long as yours, but it's uh, it's kind of the. Yeah, it's amazing. You got some thickness. It's that. it's getting there. What it's getting hair? there. You you wash your hair like every day or no? No way, man. No way, man. No way. I watch. I, I learned from the women. They don't wash their hair every day. They wash their hair every four or five weeks, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Four or five. Weeks. I listen. I take a. I wash my hair whenever I take a shower. So you figure every two weeks. <laughs> uh, I get in there and I take care of business. Like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. I'm not a smelly guy. Uh, let's go into the chat. I can't believe how quick this hour went, man. It's it's actually annoying me. I'm having such a good time. Let me know if Jeff jumped in there. I just want to know. It's hard to see. You could look it up on your own there. It should be a comment section. Maui Swift. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Maui like Swift is there. Uh, girl, girl Friday. Just trying to say hello to the people that I missed. Uh, JoJo. Wow, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the chat. These these are great people. They uh, the big fans of Police Off the Cuff, and they support us. Really cool. It's basically a family. It's basically a family. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. Mark uh, needs Mark needs to sell his own line of Mark Moose. You know what? That's not a bad idea, Phil Leo. Uh, Talking about you enough, or me? Me. Yeah, right. 
uh, that I need to sell my own moose. Uh, that's not a bad idea. Uh, all I have to do is become famous. Let me see what else I got here. Okay, so um, we covered. Eh, we pretty much covered exactly what I wanted to cover, which was these high speed chases. It just um, it to me, it's something so scary. Um, let's uh, quickly talk about this. A lot of states are calling off chases. What do you feel about that? Like, not only are they calling off any type of vehicle pursuits, but they're calling off foot pursuits. What do you think? Yeah, about I've heard. That? That's um, that's a little wild, you know. Um, yeah, like if you don't have probable cause, um, you you can't do a, even a foot pursuit in some states. Well, you know, I, well, look at it this way. I mean, what if you pull over a car, right, and then the guy gets out and starts running away from you? I mean, right now it seems like you're not allowed to run after him, but that's probable cause enough, right? Because now you stop the car for some type of violation. That's PC. That's probably well. That's cause. yeah. That's the thing. But if I tell you, well, I'm intimidated by the police because of the history of American, uh, the way they treat people of color in this country, and that's why I ran away. I was scared of the police attacking me and killing me. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's literally a legit argument in court right now. So yeah, no, you know what you should interview? You should interview a trooper, a Jersey trooper that 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 worked in the 1980s and see how that 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 used to go. You know? Yeah, this is a different time, though. We can't you, you, we're, we're talking about a different time right now. But um, as far as the vehicle pursuits, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to stop any type of interstate drug trafficking weapons. Um, you know, uh, what do they call that? Uh, sex trafficking. Yeah. You know, these people are being hauled around. The drugs are being hauled around the fentanyl, the guns. The, uh, the the sex trafficking, they're all being moved from state to state uh, through vehicles on the highway. Yeah. And if you have a legit case and, and you know probable cause and all these other things that you need, and this you go to pull a car over and all of a sudden they take off and you're not allowed to chase them. Like, what do we do all this homework for? What, what are we even doing here? Don't know. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> it's just crazy, right? Kind of rhetorical. I, 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 yeah, no, I don't know. Oh, I want to show you something. Um, this is what I wanted to go to before we close out. Mm -hmm. There's a retired cop. Let me just uh, make sure I get this right. Um, his name is Paul Manicone. And um, he sends me uh, videos from time to time that he does on his own page. Um, uh, I worked in the... This is Paul Manicone. Uh, I worked in the, uh, the 2-8... Uh, when he came out in 92, he was in the 7th, a sergeant in um, in 98. He worked in Manhattan North Task Force in 2002. Um, and I want to introduce you to some of his work. Sure. His, uh, his, his channel on YouTube is called Just Right 911. But he's very, very good with what he does because he exposes the hypocrisy. So if you're uh, of just you know, people in politics and stuff. So if you're a fan of the show, this show, please give him a, a check out and subscribe to his page as well. Paul Manicone. Um, and just watch this little video over here. And he's got a ton of them and he exposes the hypocrisy um, perfectly. This conversation really is about reimagining how we do public safety in America. Really reimagine what public safety should look like in our community. The folks in law enforcement, 
that share the goals of reimagining policing. Reimagining policing in the 21st century. Rethinking and reimagining policing. Community efforts to reimagine policing. To reimagine policing. We have to reimagine what policing looks like. <laughs> reimagining policing, reimagining our That's public tough. safety. Reimagine a citizen-led approach. You can begin to reimagine law enforcement. Reimagine public safety in this country. What can we do to reimagine public safety? Reimagining public safety. To reimagine public safety. We must reimagine what public safety looks like. You think they're all getting a memo? Now watch this. I don't think it's over yet. While cops risk their lives, Democrats play with word games. I think that a big part of this conversation. I want to show you another one because he's got a bunch. I wasn't going to do jokes about. Uh, You know what? Right now, if you punch me in my mouth, I'm up. All right, right, forget about that. I don't know what else he's got on there, but uh, let's go back to uh, that's Paul Manicone, and his uh, site is called Just Right Nine One One, and I will be uh, I'll be sharing his stuff in the future. He has a lot of good stuff on there. He he goes through a lot of trouble. Uh, He's got stuff on police reform. It's just it's just incredible stuff what he does there. And let me just make sure I got this right. Uh, Paul Manicone, and it's Paul Manicone, M-A-N-I-C-O-N-E, or Just Right 911 uh, on YouTube. And that's a cha- that's his channel there. And uh, you could just tell from that snippet of a, of a video just how it's just so it's just such BS. It really is because these people are all getting the same M.O., they're all speaking the same language. There's no originality to it. There's no thought process behind it. They just came up with this thing. We have to reimagine policing. Nobody's got an answer to what it should be, look like. Um, and they just spout this nonsense off. And then in the end, how did it work out for you? How did the fund the police work out for anybody, especially in big yeah. cities? It's a horror yeah. show. Yeah. It's, a, it's a horror show what we have to live through right now. Um, but let's just go see if we have any questions for you, and then we got to kind of sort of wrap this thing up. It goes so quick. This yeah. was actually one of the fastest hours I think I ever did in my life because, um, okay, uh, tell us some more about other projects that you have coming up. You, you mentioned the Whitey Bulger movie where you're playing his brother in that. I and am. what else do you got coming out? Um, I did a, a, a film called Let Me Fly, um, and that's uh, – Basically, 1801 Virginia, a white slave owner that houses these uh, slaves or whatnot. And it was a very hard role for me. Um, That should be released to all the international film festivals coming up in February. Um, Doing the Wizards books with Teresa. What Um, is that, the Wizards book? Harry Potter, crazy thing. Joe DeBarry's in it. And that's how I met Joe. And and, Uh and Joe's playing Whitey Bulger. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to Joe DeBarry because he was in the chat here. What what was it that you wanted to say about him? I didn't want to come cut him off. He's he's, he's a legend. He is, man, he can act. He's so good at it. You know, I'm I'm learning a lot from Joe and Joe and I became uh, friends. But the Wizards books is, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like a Harry Potter type thing where I play a wizard and hence the hair and beard and stuff like that. Um, But we I have a, a few things. Uh, coming up, uh, Miasma. It's a five-part um, YouTube series that'll be. Coming you have out. asthma. You have asthma. 
I, my asthma, <laughs> my asthma will be on YouTube. I just want everyone to know my asthma. I, it, my asthma is your asthma. <laughs> it's called my asthma, okay? <laughs> and that's why I'm annoying. Oh, miasma, miasma. I'm not, I'm sorry. That's why hanging out with me is annoying. I, I no, can't. You're all right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't let a good joke go by. Or a I got, a, joke go by. I got, I got uh, uh, two other films called uh, One Rescued Innocence and Nocturnal Spirito um, that I'm filming actually with uh, Danny Robach, uh, who just played uh, Grandpa Munster in the Munster, the new Rob Zombie movie. So I'm I'm doing two projects with Danny Robach now, too. So it's, yeah, we're busy, you know, and it's, it's going to be good. But like I said, things take time. You know, I've been working at this for years. So, um, you know, but this Bulger movie, I think is going to be uh, a shout out to Loomis if he's watching. Um, and thank you for uh, cast casting me. Um, yeah. So I think I think I think the Bulger movie is like that's the, the big thing coming up now. You know, No, that's good. We all we, we all need something big coming up. And Joe DeBarry, man. Um, yes. I'm an actor as well. I've been I've been in quite a few not not really great things, but I do have my new uh what do they call it my uh, my Law and Order underneath my belt as yeah. a New York City act, actor. You got to have your Law and Order underneath your belt. Yeah, you do. Um, but uh, yeah, I did that right before the pandemic. Finally, after freaking fifteen years of auditioning, they they threw me a bone, and that was very kind of them. Um, what else can I say? Uh, let me see. I, I wanted to say goodbye to the people that joined us in the chat here tonight. Uh, Raquel Pranzo. Peter Pranzo, Chick Eastwater, uh, Girl Friday, JoJo, uh, Joe DeBarry, the best. Uh, Scott is here, Scott Wagner from uh, Rose of Spanish Harlem, oh, whatever, yeah. what a, Heather, whatever, Heather, whatever, what a what a name, great. These people have who great is, names. Who is this Heather, whatever. You know who we're missing tonight? Milwaukee civilian. He's probably busy. He probably had something to do. Who is Heather whatever? <laughs> Such a she, cool name. Yeah, it, it's cool. And this is, we have like a family here. You know, everybody, everybody's kind enough to tune in. Mike Hunt came through here tonight. Uh, that's a great name, Mike Hunt. And I <laughs> I can say that, that forever. Mike Hunt. That? Is that a real Yeah. Is he married to Heather whatever? Yeah, he's Mike Hunt is married to Heather whatever. That makes sense. That makes sense. Congratulations. Uh, Cara. Hi, Cara. In New York City, driving is an undergraduate business degree. Yeah. Man, there's a lot. Not even lot. kidding. Cage Walker. Yeah, this is great. Cage Walker. Uh, I just, there's a couple of things I wanted to do here. Uh, oh, this is me at Caroline's when I was a young comedian. Look Caroline's, Caroline's was one of the first comedy clubs that passed me. And it's ironic because Caroline's was the best comedy club in New York City for a very, very long time. Obviously, the Comedy Cellar is is a, a destination spot uh, as well through the years. But that's me at Caroline's when I first uh, I probably had like two or three years doing comedy. I had no business being on stage at Caroline's, but I did a I did a show there one night, and the guy who booked the place, Louis Ferranda, took a liking to me, and uh, he started giving me spots, and I had the opportunity to open up or host for you name it david tell um every great comedian that you could probably probably imagine right now and then i had my own show at caroline's called uh mark de mayo's one man show and it was me and i used to host the show for all female comics 
And we had three or four pros on there from Sarah Silverman to, um, you know, Amy Schumer was on my show when she was just starting. So that's how long ago we go back. And if you don't believe me, look at how skinny and handsome I am that back there. One more time. Let's just do this one more time. Look at that, huh? Amazing. That kid, that kid is handsome, huh? So handsome. A long, long time ago. But but um I just want to say I'm sorry. Caroline's is shutting its doors. Yeah. Uh they they're not renew renewing the lease. So as of the new year, they will uh they'll no longer be a thing. And that's one of the things about New York City. They they survived the pandemic though. So um so that was good, but it's really, really sad that um, that Caroline's is shutting its doors and uh, breaks my heart. Uh, for those of you who uh, aren't doing anything and uh, live in Brooklyn, I'll be performing at Coney Island. This is a big show, by the way, December 17th at the, uh, the Coley- Coney Island Brewing Company. It's me. Kenny Williams is hosting. He's a friend of mine for over 20 years. Freddie Ricks is a beast. He was in the movie Shaft. And then there's me. And I'm going to hold my own with these great comics, I hope, anyway. That's because that's, that's what I do. But uh, before we part, look, we went over. Uh, anything that you want to like uh, say before you go? Did you have a good time? Sure. Well, yeah, of course there's something I want to say. I always have something to say as an actor. You, know, you have something to say, right? Even as uh-huh. a trooper. But um, no, I wanted to thank you first and foremost. I want to thank my mom and dad if they're watching, if they figured out how to do the YouTube. Um, uh, and then I, 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 I want to thank everyone for, for, for tuning in. You know, it's it's different. You know, everyone has a different story. And, and you know, it's nice that people chimed in and, and, and sent nice notes and things like that. And that really, it, it makes me feel really, really good inside. And um, nothing goes unappreciated with me, especially... Um, with the acting thing, because you know how, how you could be here and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you know, and it's a struggle. Like being a, being an actor is a struggle. You never know. You could do a, a amazing project and work for six months. And then all of a sudden, boom, budget cuts and see you Wait later. You could work for six months. No, not straight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, one of the things I'm going to miss the most is I just, I just did it to tonight by the, uh, to this afternoon, by the way, I work in the police Academy here in New York as um, an actor in the crisis intervention tactics. Uh, it's CIT it's called, and it's how to handle mental illness. And our mayor here in New York city has now said that we have to get the home, um, the mentally ill off the street. And who else, uh, did he get who else did, would he give this job to? But the NYPD, we get all the jobs that nobody else wants to do. So um, and that's what we're I'm, I'm in. I've been doing for the past seven years. But the problem is I'm moving to uh, Las Vegas. But Nevada has um, their own CIT. So I'm going to try to hook up over there because I love the work. But uh, that's how I keep sharp. My acting chop sharp is uh, it's I do an incredible scene today. I was in three scenes. I mean, there's no other. If you want to work every single week, you're going to be in an acting class that you have to pay for or you have to be in a play. But uh, I, ha- I get paid to do it. So it's, it's just an incredible thing that I have to give up. That's one of the worst things about leaving New York um, uh, that I have to say. Phil Leo says, thanks for dropping by State Trooper Marks. Stay safe. Good luck acting De Niro or Pacino as a better actor. Who do you think, De Niro or Pacino? Uh, equal. Yeah, huh? How about that? Yeah, just in case I work with one of them, you know? 
you know, they both have so many remarkable parts yeah. underneath their belt, and they also both have some uh, quite a few parts later on in their career where they just mailed it in. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, when it counted, they delivered. And then when they got, when they got a little bit old, you know, and, and some parts they weren't into, you could tell when they mailed it in. But um, that being said, I just want to thank you, Albert, for uh, joining me tonight. You're always welcome back. You're welcome. Uh, you were a great guest. The time flew by. That's how you can always tell when we have a great guest, when, um, when the time flies by. It was a great so, time. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much to the people that joined us in the chat. To all the fans of Police Off the Cuff, I'll be off Monday because I am going to Las Vegas to find a place to live. Hmm. So wish me luck. And uh, I will see you again probably that Thursday. Uh, I love you all. Thank you so much. Thanks, Albert. Thank Bye, you. Everybody. Have Thanks. a good night. Thank you. Have, have a good night. That was great, brother.